It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Time to talk a bit of basketball on SENWA Breakfast. Scotty and Goss with you on this Thursday morning. Big game tomorrow night, of course. They're going to get 12,500. The roof's going to be closed. It's going to be the Sydney Kings who refuse to come on and do any um, promotion of the game. Too busy, according to their media man. Too important. Yes, and on top of the ladder. Uh, So we've had to go to the next best, and that is Andrew Gaze, of course, a man who coached the Sydney Kings. Wouldn't have happened on your watch. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. Next best. Now you've got one better, please. Excuse me. (laughs) Gee whiz. We've gone to the top. That's where we've gone. That's right. No, no, it is uh, a big game, and I'm really looking forward to this one because uh, Perth Wildcats, your boys, since um, Johnny really just tightened the rotations a little bit, uh, they're starting to play some really good basketball. So it's... It's going to be a cracking game, and the Kings are the team to beat, obviously the defending champions, but notwithstanding that, they're also this season playing some uh, really good basketball. Yeah, very good basketball team and well coached by Chase Buford, and they come here on Friday night. As you mentioned, the Wildcats totting their rotations. Ty Webster's come in. Now, he hasn't smashed it down on the scoreboard, but uh, his assists, his ball movement, they get the the energy, they get the ball over halfway, so their offense starts a lot quicker. They don't rely on Bryce Cotton. It's a pretty obvious match plan, but it's all of a sudden become very hard to defend. It is. There's a whole whole bunch of different um, looks that they can provide uh, opponents. Uh, we saw early on in the season with still a very, very good team. I think the talent they've been able to put together was always great. But, you know, it's like in any team sport, you've got to get the right combinations, the right fits to fill certain roles. And they became really bright heavy. Uh, in the first half of the season. And Bryce was Bryce. He was doing his things, getting his numbers. But as such, it was it, you just could tell that the consistency and it just wasn't, the fit wasn't right. And I think with Ty coming in and changing the role of a couple of other guys has provided that better balance. And uh, Ty Webster's been around a long time. He's played in uh, the, the elite level at college, also in Europe. So you're getting a guy that can come into a situation that uh, his experience allows him to adapt a whole lot quicker. And, you know, the thing is, and the scary thing, and the good thing for the Perth Wildcats is he's still got so much more to give. I think that his uh, offensive that he can provide can really give you some punch as well. So it's encouraging signs. Gazy, with Sydney obviously being the uh, the standout at the moment, Cairns nipping at their heels, the, the rest of the the race for the, the playoffs is, is so tight. I mean, Wildcats are going that well. We went up a spot last night without even playing after the, uh, <laughs> the Phoenix took out, took out Tassie. That's right. Well, there are some uh, minor anomalies in the schedule and who you play and how many games you play, so it can get a little bit like that. But you're, you're absolutely spot on, and you've got eight teams still very much a chance to make the, the, the finals. And then, of course, you've got that jockeying for that uh, third or fourth. With the way the playing system works this season, you get another chance in that, in that one-off game in the third and fourth. If you lose that one, you still get to play the winner of the fifth and sixth. So finishing in that third or fourth, I think it's going to be tough for anyone to knock out Sydney or Cairns from the top two because Cairns only got seven losses. They really need to... Uh, cause themselves some self harm in order to to fall out of that. Um, so so I think that that battle now with Melbourne United, South East Melbourne, and 
I mean, heaven forbid, you, you guys, I think, are in the box seat to, to finish in that third or fourth. But the way it is this year, you look at these teams, it's not that hard to go on a three or four game losing streak. So, mm. And you guys, I think, you got, you're one of the teams that's still got a fair few games to go. You might have five or six games left. So you've still got a bit of heavy lifting to do, not just to make the finals, but try and squeeze into that uh, third or fourth spot. It would be fantastic if both Melbourne teams lost, didn't make the planes. Wouldn't it be fantastic for the competition? Wouldn't it be great if, you, if Phoenix fell out and, and Adelaide came in? That would be great for the competition. Why do you got to be like that? I think we we need uh, having a Melbourne team in there when you've got uh, you know the two major cities with the big population base. Always great for the game. And but you're right, it's it's not beyond the realms of possibility. I think Melbourne United, the way they're playing, they're 13 and 12 and playing some really good basketball. I think that they they are the more likely ones, believe it or not, even though. Uh, South East Melbourne for most of the year have been ahead of them. Uh, uh, before last night, and the, the, the Phoenix beat um, the, uh, Tasmania, they, the, I think they've lost five in a row. Yeah. So Four yeah. or five in a row. So it was a huge win for them. And, uh, and yeah, if they get there, you kind of feel like they're kind of limping in, whereas Melbourne United are playing some really good basketball. They've won their last, I think, six out of their last seven, something of that order. So it's, uh, that'd be... That'd be Causing some problems if they do. If, I tell you, if you do get in there and Melbourne United sneak in, you wouldn't want you, you wouldn't be happy about facing them because they're going to be a tough out. Oh, we'd be fairly happy we, if we could choose a team to face, mate. It would probably be United. To be perfectly <laughs> honest with you, Hazy. Well, you, you, actually, you would. You, I tell you, if you're Perth, you don't want that because look at Melbourne United's record in Perth. Outside, I think Perth fell over the line on a miraculous last play the last time they played. But prior to that, I think Melbourne United had beaten you guys. Six or seven times in a row. Okay, at home. Andrew, so you're Andrew, one of the okay, ones. Mate. Yeah. Okay, mate. Okay, yeah. you've made your point, mate. No worries. Sorry, it's still a bit. Hey, guys, we've been talking about it for a few years now. And the eyes are on the NBL. The the, the standard of the NBL has gone gone absolutely through the roof, and the NBA scouts are looking uh, over here yeah. for for players. Obviously. Uh, Xavier Cooks is the take one that they're now. probably coming to look take for. Him now, yeah, I'd suggest taking right now, now. put him in cotton wool, take him look away. after him, yeah. don't let him not get injured. <laughs> but uh, you know, talks are a few teams are heading over to uh, to have a look at some of the talent here in the NBL. And as I said, Xavier Cooks is the man they're probably coming to see. But anyone else uh, you see over the uh, over the season so far that could be a chance to get picked up? Oh, absolutely! I think the one that a lot of uh, are talking about is actually on the draft boards. Is the um, is the New Zealand kid that the next stars guy, the Rupert, yeah. the Frenchman who's come over here? He's only eighteen years of age. He's he's got good size, and unfortunately broke his arm during the season, so he's missed a a, a fair chunk of the season. But he's on most draft boards around that. Uh, 15 to 20, so he's one that you, you expect, but that's at a different level to say Xavier Cooks, who you're getting someone who's ready-made. Now, the thing about Cooksy is that uh, it's it's really, if you watch the NBA these days, it's it's all about the perimeter and shooting the basketball. It's, it's outrageous the way the game is uh, in some with some of the teams, how they shoot the three ball, and that's not his go. Uh, now, that's not to say that he can't get there, but you, you get you need the right fit for a guy like Xavier. He's good enough. There's absolutely no doubt he's good enough. He's a star, um, but his ability to, to to make perimeter shots and also his free throw—it's an absolute adventure when he goes to the free throw line, <laughs> which is something that they uh, they also might have a. If you're looking for negatives, and one of the reasons why he's not there because outside of that. His athleticism, the way in which he can put the ball to the deck and get to the rim defensively, can guard 
multiple positions. So he's got everything else going for him. It's just his shooting that uh, is probably the, the missing link. Hey, I see, I see Ben Simmons. Uh, I think he might have racked up a, a triple-double or something, a double-double or something like that yesterday. But isn't Josh Giddy gone to another level? And he's dragging that OKC team with him as well. It, it's quite exciting. And, and I know Paddy Mills has been there. We know Bogut's been there. Yeah. We know Luke Longley. We know uh, a range of players have been through the NBA. Uh, but Gaze. Gaze has been there. Yeah. Ricky Grace has been there. <laughs> Bryce Cotton's been there. They've all been there. I think anyone gets a gig in the NBA at times. I just wanted to ask, Gazy, is Josh Giddy starting to stamp himself as probably one of the best Australian basketball products of all time? I know it's only early stages, but his numbers certainly stack up. Oh, 100%. He's on that trajectory. Now, he's not there yet, of course, because he's only 20 years of age and this is only his second season, but... The numbers that he is putting up are outrageous. And uh, you think of uh, Ben Simmons when he was uh, 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 a rookie. He actually missed his rookie year because he hurt, but a genuine rookie in the next first couple of years and where he's at. The numbers that Josh is putting up uh, are as as equal or in some cases even better. The thing about Josh is he, he can shoot it. That was his take. Before he got drafted, everyone goes, oh, I'm not sure if he can shoot the three ball. Well, he's shooting it in the, uh, at about 35% last year, which is a significant increase in what he was doing uh, uh, the, in his rookie season. And he's 6'9", and the way we can get to the cup, uh, he is going to be an absolute start. If he continues on the trajectory of what we're seeing this season, and there's no reason to think why he won't, uh, then he is not. he's going to be the best by the length of the straight, not just... Uh, just sort of uh, getting over the line and saying, oh, maybe it's Paddy Mills, maybe this. Uh, he will absolutely have distance between him if he stays on that trajectory. Now, it's hard because he's set such a high standard, but um, he's a good kid that that works his tail off, and I think that um, he's, either way, he's going to make enough money to just <laughs> do have absolutely no financial problems for the rest of his year. So here he next... 20 generations of giddies are going to be sick. <laughs> he never, ever heard of the cost of living. There's no idea <laughs> no, about it whatsoever. Not <laughs> I mean, have you seen some of the get-up that he's, he's gotten into all this um, uh, fashion stuff? You know how they come yeah. before the game? and they, they He's gotten into all that. Now, I'm no, as you know, I'm pretty line and length uh, meat and potatoes <laughs> type, type guy when it comes to what you wear. Some of the get-up, the fur coats and all the funky gear. I'm yeah. like, gee whiz, turn it up, Josh. Boy, how's it about you turn it down a little bit on the clobber that you're coming to the game with? <laughs> okay. the, the old jumpsuit has, not, has been resurrected. <laughs> the, the old polo, that, that's not, that's outlawed. That's not going to cut it now. Now, speaking of, no. uh, speaking of shirts, uh, for special night yep. uh, on what day is it? The Friday. It's Thursday right now. It's Friday tomorrow night. Yes. Uh, special day at uh, at Perth when they retire the uh, the jumper of Sean Reddidge, mate. Your thoughts on on Sean Reddidge? Fantastic recognition. What a contribution he's made, not just to the Perth Wildcats, but basketball throughout. Now here's an interesting one that wasn't like a lot of the imports you see these days that come out here and they they've got their either been in the NBA and the high draft picks. He came out and played in what was called the Siebel back then. I think it was back mm. in Bendigo. Then he uh, went to uh, New Zealand and then ultimately found his home with the Wildcats and became an Olympian. He, he has made an unbelievable contribution to uh, sport in this country. He's a, a terrific fellow that's based on grit, determination and hard work. Yes, he's got some incredible uh, innate skills, but not like some of the, the, the guys that come through and 
Gee, I admire what he's been able to do, and I think it's fantastic recognition that the Perth Wildcats have provided to a legend of the entire sport. So well done to him, and hopefully it, it, uh, people get out there and show their respect because he thoroughly has earned it. Yeah. And um, it's a, it's a, a great honour that we'll see his jersey in the rafters for the forever and a day, which is fantastic. No doubt about well that. Said. Tomorrow night going to be a huge one. It is the Perth Wildcats and Sydney Kings. Get along and see the Wildcats yeah, Who are you action. tipping, Gazy? Who are you going to tip, Gazy? Last one for you. I am actually going to tip the Wildcats. I like what they're, 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 the way they're going. You've got your boy Brady Manic starting yes. to fire up. Bryce is a superstar and a lot to like about this team, that's for sure. Well, one of the great coolers is uh, Andrew Gay, so we're in all sorts of strife <laughs> tomorrow night. When, is, when, is the, when, are you back on the, when, when are you back on the run home? When, when does that restart? Yes. Me and Andy Marr, uh, we're back on the 30th. So oh. as soon as the tennis finishes, we uh, jump right in there. Good decent. contract. It's a bit decent. of a later start. Yeah, decent. Bro. Good contract. Well, you'd, want to be, you'd want to be fresh. <laughs> first show would want to be a good one. Well, I just think with the tennis, I, I, oh, I yeah. took it as a bit of a kick in the gut because it, I don't think they really appreciate our work that we, uh, the way in which we cover the, the Australian Open. So they said, hey, boys, just continue. Have a, have a bit of a spell. Once the tennis is done, back you come. SEN Melbourne on eleven sixteen. Andrew Gaze with Andy Marr. On the 30th, that's big effort. Yeah. Yeah. We might need to get Gazy to start negotiating our deal. Oh, yeah. I what? thought my 12 weeks off was good. But, I think Gaze, Ma, and Paul Hazelby have the best contracts going around. Yeah. And Damien Martin in the competition. Uh, nice work by you. Thanks for joining us. Always good to chat basketball. G'day, boys. Here he is, Andrew Gay, superstar. As I said, you can hear him with the Run Home with uh, Andy Ma, the co-host of the Run Home on 1116 SEN. This is Scott Ingalls for breakfast on this Thursday morning. Scott, Thursday morning. Tomorrow night is Friday night. Thank you.